So on September 11th, 2001, I was working the bar at a coffee shop uh, at the CC's on Perkins Road. Uh, it was across the street from where it is now. I was uh, serving up drinks at rapid speed because we were in the middle of a rush. And we didn't have TV or radio or anything on in the store. So all of our updates about the happenings of that day came in through the mouths of people. And the reports were diverse and jumbled and panicked as one customer after another kept coming in sharing different things and it came to a point where the shop kind of died down as someone turned on a radio and we listened together as the second plane hit the tower. Um, it was a crazy day. I, I got off of work at 10 because I had a 10.30 class. I was driving to campus got to class and our teacher basically said, I know there's a lot happening in the world today, but there's some things we need to get done and push through an hour and a half class with us without addressing the terror that was happening. Like it's, it's hard to believe, uh, and knowing this teacher as well as I did shocks me even more that this was our approach to it. Uh, it was like, let's just ignore it. Um, so by the time I got out of class at noon, the world had changed. Um, and it was just a matter of trying to understand exactly what it meant to be in that world. A few days later, uh, through kind of a strange series of circumstances, I was in New York City, in Queens, uh, on the street, going basically door-to-door -door and talking with people about what had happened and inviting them into uh, one of the many um, places where people were praying uh, in response to all of this. It was part of a Billy Graham-connected ministry, uh, but it wasn't an aggressive evangelism campaign. It was just really us going around and just spending time talking with people, processing with people, praying with people. Um, one of the first people I met was a guy named Pete. Pete uh, basically led, it in, led us into his world very quickly. Um, he explained to us that he had a really hard time even grasping what was happening because he spent most of his non-work life online through and through like virtual uh, chat rooms uh, basically he was on camera more than he was not on camera and was uh, kind of disoriented to what re was real and what wasn't anyway uh, and so uh, we talked with Pete for a while and we told people what we were doing and we were just going around talking to people inviting them to come to one of the churches in Queens where people were going to be praying, but also just going around and listening. And so he, he joined us, and he hit the road with us for the whole day that day. And uh, me and the person I was partnered with, Pete, went around talking to people about the events of 9-11 and uh, how it was impacting us. We prayed with people. Uh, Pete was, was not a believer in Jesus at all, and yet Pete uh, was on the ground with us that day, 
joining us as we tried to join Jesus in the world uh, just hopefully being a presence of peace in the midst of the chaos so it's still surreal to think about being in New York City as the as the ashes were still falling but today as I think back on that I, I'm, I'm just I'm grateful for um, for my experiences and also continually grateful for uh, so many of the things uh, so many of the ways that we saw the best of humanity emerge from this kind of atrocity uh, pray, I pray that would be the case with things in Florida, with things in Texas uh, shoot, with things in our own backyard and I'm back on the road, I've got about an hour drive to Danville, I'm on my way out to uh, actually be coached. I talk about coaching from time to time here. Disciple making and coaching, however you want to frame that, it's within a Christian context, but uh, I do a lot of it. It's what I feel called to do, what I feel passionate about. Uh, And I have learned that if you... uh, The key to being able to uh, encourage and stand alongside and walk with people on their journey is to have uh, someone doing that with you. And been very fortunate for the past couple years to have uh, Dan Greider investing in me personally, investing in our church and our leadership. Uh, So I'm on my way out to sit down with Dan and Jeff Rowe and, uh, and to be coached, to try to listen, to try to receive critique and I think that's uh, that's something that's been really good for me this is gonna sound strange but I, I think most people who are in leadership in the church have never been coached or discipled or trained really by anybody and if they have it's been in a seminary context or some sort of Bible schooling context which is not really an apprentice ship uh, it is a it is a classroom type setting where you're not modeling and living elbow to elbow with with people in such a way that teaches you the art of imitation and and innovation innovating those things into your own context into your own life and call uh, you're just mainly being given information um, and so I, I think that's one of the things I would love to be able to say at the end of my life is that I've created room and and space for people to come and be elbow to elbow with me and learn even if there's not much to learn that may sound egotistical on a certain level I I don't I'm not saying I'm the most imitatable person in the world but I I do think that people know the difference between me and Jesus and if there's anything in my life worth imitating that it's probably more has to do with Jesus than it does me so like I'm, I'm fine with that uh, and I'm also trying to stay a student, trying to stay teachable, trying to be an imitator myself of the, the things that I see in people around me that are worth replicating and imitating, or at least trying, like put, putting on some of these things for a while, seeing how they fit, uh, being playful with it, being willing to be foolish because, uh, well, we have to learn somehow, you know, and so trying to be in that process, engaging with people, it's a big part of how um, I tried to live 
So I'm excited to go sit down with Dan, especially with um, with last night's Hope Lab launch. It'll be interesting to get to sit down with him and process that. I'm going to share more about that. I'm going to do another episode in just a second because I feel like I have got more than five minutes of content on that. So, uh, yeah, on the way to get coached. So last night was the launch of our Hope Lab experiment at Hope. It's uh, basically a way for us to experiment in ways to follow Jesus into where we live, work, and play. And uh, I find like that's the tension for most people is most people don't really have uh, doctrinal issues. They have practical issues of how do I practice living this faith out in the world and so that's what this whole hope lab thing is it's it's a way for us to pick up practices and habits and just to experiment and what it means to follow Jesus uh, in a very practical on the ground way and so uh, last night we launched uh, and if you're following me on anchor I have an anchor station dedicated to that called hope lab you can look it up listen we every Monday Wednesday Friday we have like little exercises that we're doing just to prompt people into uh, prayer into interaction with scripture into uh, interaction with their world uh, and their neighbors Uh, more than anything just trying to catalyst uh, good growth Um, I I think that uh, one of the things we have to pursue uh, on purpose is good growth. We're all growing. We're all changing. We're all uh, none of us are static. We are dynamic creatures, and yet to grow in a good direction requires a uh, good um, game plan. And so, helping people cultivate that is uh, something we're going to try to do. Uh, and try might be the key word, but we're not going to keep doing what we've always done because we'll keep, keep getting what we've always gotten. So uh, it was great. I actually ran into somebody today um, while I was at the hospital visiting some people um, who was there last night. And as we got into a conversation, uh, she articulated this very thing. She said, you know, I'm new at this whole Jesus thing. And I found that the hardest thing to figure out is how to live this out every day. And uh, that's man like she she was fired up she was excited because she's like I feel like you help like this whole thing's just gonna help me get this out like get this thing worked out in my everyday living and that was man that was just dynamite to hear because that's exactly what we're aiming at um, and I think that we're naturally gonna have some people who are intimidated by the process uh, because it does require change it requires changing priorities it requires uh, changing what you care about but at the same point I think that most people at the core of them if they are people of faith do care about having that faith worked out in their life Uh, the real question isn't uh, should I do this or do I want to do this but how do I do this so uh, last night was a great launch again on the hope lab station is last night's teaching time and kind of our explanation of our first our first month experiment, which is an experiment in applying a simple rule of life uh, to our lives to see if that kind of structure and space can be a catalyst for good, fruitful growth in our journey with Jesus. And so check that out. I would love to answer any questions you have about it. Uh, and 
and uh, I'm sure I'll be sharing some things from Hope Lab on the station here. Uh, but it was a really amazing night, and I, I'm hoping and praying that this is a catalyst for some good growth in all of us, myself included, because I need it more than anybody. So, those are my thoughts. Alright, so I am uh, heading home. I had a great time of coaching with Dano and Jeffro today that rhymed unintentional a poet and didn't realize it. And I headed home, got to feed the kids, almost feed it then some rancid sweet potato noodles. So, so we uh, we got the, these uh, sweet potato noodles that have been spiralized and uh, we didn't quite use them as quickly as we needed to apparently but I didn't realize it until I had them cooked and I took a bite to make sure that it was okay and it was not okay and so I kind of have a few rancid sweet potato noodles floating around in the old belly and uh, hoping that doesn't come back to haunt me but we got dinner done and then I headed back out had a meeting uh, with the larger group of uh, disciples, disciple-making peoples here at Hope um, as we're continuing to cultivate a culture that's kind of single-minded about that process. Had a fantastic night. Amazing to hear just the stories of uh, how we are seeing God at work in people and places around us. And uh, just, just awesome. Good stuff. So, uh, started off this morning pretty somber, uh, and still as I think about the day and uh, what it carries forward, it really does push me to keep praying, to keep looking to be a part of the difference uh, I, I hope to see in the world. Uh, but also, man, I'm just genuinely grateful for the opportunities and the people around me and just uh, overwhelmed that I, of all people, get to experience what I experience in this world. Uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful gift. And uh, I, I'm just so thankful. So, hope this leaves you. Uh, if you're listening to this, if you continue to listen, I would make like two of you. So, both of you, I pray you're blessed. I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful evening. And I'll see you on Anchor tomorrow. <laughs>